Hello and welcome to Weeb Spawn, where we talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just huge fans. I'm your host, Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Hey, Bobby, I'm really excited about this one because this was my first anime that I've watched from start to finish, so pretty excited about this one. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about Death Note. And as always, spoilers ahead. Yeah, so as you said, we're going to be talking about Death Note, and I already said this was my first anime that I watched from start to finish, so I'm just pretty pumped about this one. And Death Note was based off of the manga, which is named Death Note as well, and which was written by Tsugumi Oba. The manga was first released on December 1st of 2003. And it ended on May 15th of 2006. The anime shortly followed after the last episode, or after the last chapter, first airing on October 3rd of 2006. So it only took a few months for them to start releasing the anime. It was that popular of a manga at the time. And the last episode ended up airing June 26th of 2007 which gave it a little under a year of runtime. The 12 novel manga consists of 108 chapters and it was adapted into this 37 episode series. So Oba's inspiration for creating Death Note was that he wanted to create a suspenseful manga because he believed that there really wasn't enough in the market. He didn't believe that he was capable of writing a fight-type manga, which were very popular and still are extremely popular today, but he just didn't think he could do it. It just wasn't his style. So after publishing the pilot chapter, he actually didn't expect the show to be approved, or he didn't expect the uh, manga to be approved as a Shonen Jump material. Despite his thoughts, it was actually approved and became a serialized manga series and eventually was successful enough to become an anime and I, I think he didn't really say why he didn't think it was shonen jump material but I assume it's because of the dark content of the show because in general it's just a show that focuses on death and the shonen jump is kind of targeted towards a younger audience so I didn't know if he probably thought it wasn't going to be allowed to be posted because it's kind of impressionable, I suppose. But yeah, a lot of the Shonen Jump is about like flashy characters and superpowers and mm-hmm. stuff like that, where this is kind of more, I don't want to say toned down because there's obviously a lot of supernatural elements in here, but there's no real like special powers mm-hmm. or like magic and stuff like that. That's what's probably more, because this was like the height of like Naruto when this like came out if i'm not right. mistaken yeah so it definitely was different than the main stuff that was out at the time which could be a reason for its success right but death note falls the main protagonist light yagami who is a genius high schooler who one day after school stumbles upon a strange notebook that has a list of rules written inside the rules claim that they can take the life of anyone whose name is written within notebook. And of course, Light quickly discovers that the book's ability is true. 
and he determines he will use this book to rid the world of all of its evil and sin. <laughs> but when people mysteriously start dying all over the world, and if they get an investigation is started to find the true killer. So as the investigation continues, so does Light's killings, and it's a story of the two forces colliding with each other to see who will prevail. Kind of like a story of good versus evil. Mm -hmm. How poetic. He wants to rid the world of evil. Of course he does. <laughs> so yeah. always wants to rid the world of all evil. Mm -hmm. And it's never corrupted. <laughs> so I think the biggest takeaway from Death Note is the Shinigami. It kind of is the main focal point of the show. Otherwise known as a god of death. And this stems from Western influence into the Shinto religion. Because from what I found, um, Shinigami weren't actually in the Shinto religion in the beginning. They kind of got introduced as Western influence started coming in because we have the concept of death gods and stuff like that. So, like the Grim Reaper. So the Shinigami is the Japanese equivalent of the Westerners Grim Reaper and it's always depicted in many different ways depending on stories and things like that in anime they depict them in many different ways too like in the anime Bleach the Shinigami is a samurai that protects the world of the living from evil spirits and keeps the world in balance whereas in Death Note Shinigami are these terrifying spirits that have no sentiment to the human world at all and taking life and they'll just take the life of anyone they don't really care who you are and this actually increases their own lifespan so it's definitely two different sides like depending on what stories you look at the shinigami are depicted differently but the overall job of the shinigami is to guide humans towards death and that's basically the entire premise of death note is guiding people to die and if the Shinigami ever were to use it to increase a human's lifespan, they typically end up dying themselves because right. it's, like you said, the opposite of what they want. Mm -hmm. So as we kind of touched a little earlier, Death Note is a, a pretty dark anime when you compare it to what Shonen Jump typically puts out. But again, I think that's one of the reasons why it was kind of like so successful. It was like this new anime that people weren't expecting and it also questions you like morality in this because the whole show kind of revolves around good versus evil but it's also what is good what is evil in light's perspective he's this all-knowing god well not all-knowing but like all-powerful god and he's trying to rid the world of evil he's killing for like peace and in his mind he's justified of what he's doing but if you look at it from like the investigation standpoint like l's standpoint he's killing bad people he's still a killer killing bad people does not make you not a killer and it's like questioning your whole morality throughout this whole series because it's like well is light technically the protagonist is he the antagonist it's like mm -hmm. the protagonist is he the antagonist or l sorry and it just goes like back and forth and i think it's a nice anime because it's kind of like 
I feel like it's a change. Like, at first, yeah, I would say Light was the protagonist. Like, he's the good guy. He's, like, killing murderers, death row inmates that people were... People could argue they were going to die anyways. So what's the big deal if he's killing death row inmates? But even they have rights and everything. So it's like he has a, this sense of justice. But at the same time, it, as the story progresses, it's like you see him maybe start out as like a hero. But then he kind of turns into the villain with his own warped sense of justice. And I think it's just a nice little... nice little questioning more like psychological that they added to it right and i would also agree that like it the psychological aspect because every villain or every good villain has some way of justifying their actions so i think that was their way of making light seem like a good guy but at the same time masking him as a bad guy because he's he's doing all these noble deeds trying to make the world peaceful but maybe the way he's going about it isn't quite right so i really like this gray aspect of the show it really drew me in and i don't really like light too much as a character in general but i have to respect him for like his skill and the way he's just constantly one step ahead even if he's a step behind when it comes to the antagonist l but we'll get into that a little a little bit later i liked l or l I think everyone loves Al. Everyone uh, loves <laughs> I liked Light probably for... Mm, I wouldn't say the first half, but maybe like 10 to 12 episodes in. Because like, mm-hmm. in my eyes, it was kind of like at the beginning, like, okay, I can see what he's trying to do. And he's not over-abusing at this point, I would say, his power. Because he's only using it for criminals mm-hmm. and death row inmates and people who've done like a lot of heinous acts so at that point you can still kind of sympathize with them but then as it goes on it gets a little overboard and i'm just like "Mm, yeah you you had me at first (laughs) i mean the first half not gonna lie yep that was about to say (laughs) that that meme fits this perfectly and yeah i just want to point out one thing is i just love that we're doing this whole like morality issue right after our infamous episode which yeah had its own moral code where you could be the hero or the villain i mm-hmm. i think that just we didn't plan it for this by any means it just kind of ended up being coincidence and i just wanted to point that out real quick yeah that is a nice coincidence i actually didn't really see it. i didn't really notice that until you pointed that out so that's actually a good parallel two moral shows in a row or two moral episodes like you said I kind of did like Light in the beginning, but when he went to more drastic measures and started sort of killing indiscriminately if he saw you as a threat or if you got in the way of him, that's when he starts getting a little less gray and it starts to get a little more dark. So, but let's start from the beginning. Right when the show opens up, we're introduced to Ryuk, who is a grotesque creature, a Shinigami. And he's sitting on top of a hill in the realm of the Shinigami. And he's just staring off into space mindlessly. And we're kind of just looking at him and how he's just blank. And then immediately, we cut to a scene with Light Yagami, who is a genius high schooler. And he's just bored in class. He's kind of has the same blank stare off into space like 
Ryuk has. So he's just paying no attention to class, staring out the window, and he notices a notebook fall to the ground outside of his school. Just kind of like it was falling from the sky, essentially. And this catches his attention for obvious reasons, because if you see a notebook that just fell from the fucking sky, you're going to be intrigued. <laughs> After class, goes outside to check it out. He picks it up, and he reads the cover, which says Death Note. And he reads the first rule in the book, and it says, A person whose name is written in this note shall die. So, naturally, as anyone would do, he shuts the notebook, puts it on the ground, and walks away. But, of course, his curiosity gets the better of him, and he goes back, grabs it, and takes it home. Even though he's thinking, like, this is stupid, this has to be, like, some sort of joke, like those old chain emails used to be, where, like, if you don't forward this to ten people, you'll die, or some shit. But, he's just like, you know, whatever, I'll, I'll try this out. See if it's a prank, and if it works. And then, he kind of thinks, like, if it's not a prank would that make me a murderer by writing someone's name in this book but then he thinks like no that can't happen it's not real so might as well try it anyway so after he gets home he sees a news broadcast going on about some guy at was it like a bank robbery i think it was a mall it was a mall so he was in this some kind of heist going on and this guy has like 20 hostages or something like that and they give him they release his name and picture because in order to write the name of the person you have to visualize the person you're actually writing otherwise if you wrote like john smith all the john smiths in the world would die and it the book can't do that so you need a name and a face to go with it so he sees this going on and he decides to write his name in the book and what do you know 40 seconds later he dies of a heart attack and he finds out that's when he realizes his book this notebook is it's it's real the abilities actually will kill someone and i don't know if this was before or after this happened how you mentioned if he killed someone does that make him a murderer he has like a whole this whole monologue about is this killing is considerate and if i'm not mistaken he ends up just going Nah, I'm not a murderer. Yeah, and it's basically. Like, you literally just killed someone, and somehow you <laughs> twisted it in your mind. Nah, that wasn't me. I'm yeah. just simply writing a name. Yeah, I was going to say, for this first death, actually, though, he kind of still questioned it. He's like, that could have just been a coincidence. Like, what are the odds that this book can actually kill someone? But, yeah, like you said, he's just like, nah, I didn't do it. I'm fine. It wasn't me. It, it's the notebook that did it. It wasn't me who killed this guy, it was my knife. <laughs> exactly. And then he goes on, and he goes and kills, like, a list of, like, inmates, like, notorious inmates, or whatever, to kind of, like, seal the deal, to see well, if this is actually... He has to test it out before, before that. He actually tests out one other time. He was going to school or some situation, and a woman was being mugged, and... He's like, all right, this is the final test to see if this actually works. So then he writes this mugger's name because the, for some reason this mugger's like, yo, my name is – and it's like, oh, that was dumb, but whatever. 
So he writes this guy's name down and actually puts a cause of death by, I believe, like being hit by a bus or a car. So then this guy gets on his bike and rides away and immediately gets hit by a truck or whatever it was. And he's like, oh, shit. All right. Now, now I know it's real. And then he goes on his little rampage that you were about to talk about. Yeah, then he goes on his little massacre killing spree where he just writes down all the names of, like, all these death row inmates and other notorious criminal that's, like, very open in the public, like, the most wanted list, sort of, I guess you could say. Basically, everyone people know about or have heard of, and he fills just pages with this, and he does it for a few days, and finally, Ryuk, the Shinigami that left this notebook here, finally decides to pay Light a visit. And of course, Light is uh, stunned at first of this Shinigami and all, like, the world of the dead and everything that Ryu sort of explains. And that's when Light tells him, well, it's my book now and I'm going to use it not to kill people indiscriminately, even though he literally just kind of did that. <laughs> He basically explains Ryuk his grand scheme to make the world a better place. He's going to pass judgment on this world and kill all the wrongdoers and make this world a utopia, so to speak. And Ryuk kind of kind of gets back at him like, well, if you rid the world of evil, all, that all that's left would be you. And he kind of looks and like kind of looks at him and goes... I don't know what you mean. I'm like I'm not evil. I'm purging the world of its evil. I'm justice. I'm like this all god, which I think is kind of funny. I love kind of how his name kind of role plays with it mm -hmm. as he kind of thinks he's the light of this world and right. everything and I I just kind of realized that that little tidbit that mm -hmm. he really has this like warped sense of justice he's doing and he's like not evil whatsoever right yeah he like you said his name is light and he's thinking he's the light at this this end of this tunnel basically he sees himself as the only person who's fit to do this job like he has this book and he thinks he's just the right person to pass judgment even if it means he's doing the killing, he's a god, so basically he... It doesn't apply to him. Like, the rules of his book don't apply to him. So... Ryuk is so happy at this point, because he was insanely bored. He even told Light, because Light's like, why'd you choose me for this book? He's like, don't think I chose you because you're smart or something. You just happened to pick up this book. It's like, don't flatter yourself. You are not special. He said, I dropped this book because I was bored. And in the Shinigami realm, we have no pleasure in killing humans. And if you actually kill too many humans, you get made fun of because you're doing your job. And there's no satisfaction to killing humans in a world of a Shinigami. So, Ryuk is happy. He's like, this dude is smart. He wants to use the notebook. And he's using it more than anybody has in the past in this short amount of time so he's just very excited because he is about to get 
at least a few months of entertainment. That's all he really wants. And then Light counters up with this and says, yeah, I am using this so much actually because I'm bored too. He mentions that. And it's like, we notice that he's bored because of all the time he was staring off into space in his classes and stuff. So now that he has a purpose and it's exciting to him because he's immortal. He is immortal. So his consequences have, or his actions have consequences and that just kind of makes him excited. But he's also doing this deed that he thinks is just so great. On top of that, Light continues killing violent criminals indiscriminately. He wants to eradicate them, bring peace to this world, but he also wants the world to know of his presence. Because he could have just, he knows the rules in the notebook. You can write a time of death, you can manipulate people up until their death as long as it's physically possible for them to do the thing they're doing and then you can even specify how they die so he could easily mask his killings to hide it for at least some time but he doesn't want to hide it he wants people to know that he is a god behind these deaths so he makes every single person he's doing besides that one test that got hit by a truck die of a heart attack so he wants his actions to be noticed and they definitely were and I think at this point, Light's main antagonist gets introduced to the audience. Because then we see Interpol come along, and they're starting to investigate these killings. Because it's happening all over the world, you need to get the international police in, this unified force. And they, they don't know how this person's committing these murders. All they know is these people are dying of heart attacks, and there's no direct link to a person yet. So... And despite them being death row inmates, like, should they care? But they they do. And they bring in a world-renowned... <laughs> they bring in a world-renowned detective named L. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, that was... It was introduced, like, some of the people in the interview or in the meeting were like, they're death row inmates, why do we even care? And they're just like, well, we kind of have to. Like, can't just let someone... <laughs> like, despite them being in death row, like, this person's killing people, so we got to do something, right? I know, it was just funny how you, like, were like, why should we care to do it? And, like, there was that long pause, like, you were trying to think of a reason, and you're yeah. just like, because we do. Like, yeah, just you don't really do. have a reason, you just no. like, oh, okay. They're just like, we, we kind of gotta do it, right? They have so... the right to a, uh, uh, what what's that right called? A painless death. A right to a painless death. Yeah, and Kira could have done it if, uh, he could have just wrote painless heart attack, but instead he just lets him die. So Interpol brings in a world-renowned detective known as L. He is someone who actually has never failed to solve a case. And when they bring him in, he actually admits, like, I've already been investigating this killer, who he's given the name of Kira. And he was investigating him and determined that Kira lives in Japan. Which is far more than Interpol has done so far. He said, Interpol Jap- pretty much was like, I have no idea what's going <laughs> on. We just think someone's killing people. Yep. And he's like, Well, I already know. So, so L already devises a plan to pinpoint where in Japan he is. And this gets the Japanese police involved as well because you can't really do much in Japan without getting approval. And this sets up some conflict for Light and his father who is the chief of police in the Japanese police force. 
So this is going to cause some butting of heads. But L sets up a fake interview type thing or broadcast into the Kanto region of Japan, I believe. And he puts a death row inmate, which we don't know is a death row inmate, on television and talks about how Kira is a killer and he needs to be brought to justice. Everything he does is evil. And he says that he's L. He's the chief investigator of this force and this pisses light off light's like listen i'm doing some good shit over here you're gonna get in my way you're gonna die so he writes down this dude's name and kills him on live broadcast as soon as this guy dies l's insignia pops up on the screen and he's like light or or he doesn't like he's like kira you kind of made a big mistake. This was only broadcast in the Kanto region of Japan. So we know precisely the region that you live in. And we know that you need a face and you need a name to kill. We don't know how you're doing it. But this just proves that you can kill from afar. And now we know like certain things about you that we're just... We're going to fuck you up, dude. Like, we're coming for you. <laughs> so... Light already, or L already figures out a bunch of people that to investigate, and then we get to Ray Pember, and I don't know if you want to talk about Ray a little bit. Before we get to that, he also finds out that a lot of the killings were during, after school mm. hours, mm-hmm. so they also kind of narrowed it down that he's a student, which causes Light to now take a little more... Not, I wouldn't say drastic measures, but more countermeasures mm-hmm. is a good way of doing it. To where he has to find a way of killing people now while he's at school and while just try to throw off the scent. And as you mentioned earlier about his father being the chief of police, as the investigation pursue, L comes to the idea, the conclusion that somehow he's getting insider information, Kira is. Mm-hmm. And in order to do that, he's ordered FBI agents to come and investigate every person in the task force, including their families. So that includes Light's father, who's the chief of police and also part of this little secluded elite interval team that's task yeah. force. What What's the actual task force called? I think they just call themselves Special Task Force or something. I don't know. Actually, let me look that up really quick. So this task force was made with L, the renowned detective, and some very few elites in like the Japanese for police force and the FBI, and obviously one of them was the chief of police, Light's father. And in order to do that, he set FBI agents to follow each person and kind of like get information. And Light notices that he's starting to be tailed and in order to get rid of it he has he comes up with this little plan in order to get rid of all the fbi fbi agents that are tracking him so because he's really constricted on his moves right now so while they're like on this bus he manages to write one of his like death note little thing like his manipulation. Where he can have the person do something before his death. And he's hijacking this bus. And 
gets basically the FBI agent to get involved, but Light doesn't want him to get involved right away because this FBI agent's more like undercover. And in order to do that, he needs to find out his real name. So he ends up tricking the FBI agent into giving his ID. So now Light just figured out his face and his name, and now he can devise a plan on to get rid of him and all his little FBI buddies. Yeah, and I have two comments. One, the only reason, which I find this funny, the only reason Light found out he was being tracked by an FBI agent is because Ryuk, who only Light can say see Ryuk, because Light owns the Death Note, and anyone who touches the Death Note can see the Shinigami that owns it. So Ryuk always follows Light around because he's just getting so much enjoyment out of this. And he gets free apples, which he's it's like cocaine to him. Um, and Ryuk tells Light, he's like, yo, like there's a dude following us it's it's creeping me out and he's just like i know he can't see me but i do not like being followed and like just like all right thanks for the information like that was good to know but i just find it funny that Rayuk's like yeah i'm kind of freaked out like a shinigami a dude who can literally kill anyone doesn't like being stalked and and then on top of um the whole uh bus situation like it was really clever for light to devise this whole thing because the fbi agent at this point doesn't know that the fbi agents or sorry the fbi agent doesn't know that light knows he's there so he kind of just like gives him his id because like because light devised the whole plan to stop the hijacker as like a hoax and the fbi agent's like whoa don't do that like i'll do it and he it was so clever how he devised the plan to get this fbi agent's id card without him even realizing it. What was even better was that he ends up blackmailing him because he basically tells him, not Light himself, but gives him a note or something to Ray saying, Hi, I'm Kira. I know your face and your name. If you don't want to die, I want the information of all the FBI agents that are currently in this investigation. And so... Ray decides to write down all their names, but he doesn't realize that he's writing it on a piece of the death note. Mm -hmm. So because he's writing the names and faces of everyone he knows, they're going to die. And then you had this like little dramatic scene where Kira, AKA light ends up writing down Ray's name right at the end. And you had this little nice dramatic scene where as Ray's dying, the subway door is closing and light basically gives him his final like wish to bend him to the afterlife. He's like, yeah, by the way, I'm Kira. Thanks for killing all your buddies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was so clever because light obviously doesn't know any of these FBI agents. So by getting Ray to write their names down, he will obviously think of their face as he's writing them. So he signed all of their death warrants basically. And then all Light has to do is kill Ray afterwards. And that was so clever. And then I love how cocky Light is sometimes, just because, like, as he kills someone, he's just like, yo, I'm Kira. <laughs> yeah, basically when he knows they're going to die, like, he's like, yeah, thanks for uh, giving me all the information. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I'm Kira. You, uh, five, four, yeah, you're about to die here in three, two... <laughs> One, bye. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, 
at this point in time, it seems like Kira is doing like a really good job at staying ahead of the game by killing all these FBI agents, then killing Ray Pember a couple days like after he left Light so that it wouldn't draw suspicion towards Light. He was investigating somebody else. Because even Ray Pember thought that there was no way Light Yagame was Kira. But, so it seems like Light is ahead of everybody. But at this point in time, L is actually still one step ahead of Light because every move that Light has made, L was able to determine why he did what he did and that he was able to determine time frames and locations to some degree. So after Ray Pember died, Ray was doing his normal route on the train station, but L was able to determine like he stayed on much longer than he could have possibly like stayed on for his loop. And so he determined that and then he died right after that. So he said Kira was with him at the time. That's the only reason that this may have happened. And then he was talking about how he thinks that Kira got him to kill all those FBI agents. And then he said Ray Pember was only following like these two people at the time. It was only Yagame or the chief director's household. <clears throat> so he, he already determined it's these two people. And I don't know if Light was able to th think that far ahead. I don't know if he would have thought of the repercussions that may have happened. But basically, L already has determined that it's two people, and it can only be these two people. And I just love the battle of the wits in this show. It's different from most anime with like a constant power struggle. Because this power struggle is between Light and L rather than like superhumans who are fighting each other or stuff like that. It's just a constant back and forth between each other. And it's so difficult to want either one to lose because... I don't really care for Light as much, but I enjoyed his wits and his strategic mind, so it's hard for me to root against him. But I really liked El's character. He's just like a dull, nerdy guy. He's sort of a douchebag, but for some reason, I just couldn't hate him. Uh, <clears throat> I was definitely sitting on both benches rooting for both teams while, while uh, watching this show. And... I love that when L narrowed down Kira's suspects, he basically talked to like the investigators and stuff, and he he went up to like Light's father and was like, "Yo, there's a small chance Light is Kira, like a really small chance, but I believe 100% he is Kira." And Light's dad just like, "What the fuck? Like my son's not Kira." He's like, "I think he is, but whatever." And <laughs> at this point, any investigations he does too light his inner voice you'll hear him say like man if, if light answers this question this way he's definitely kira but if he answers it the other way he's also kira so basically he determined light's guilt before even having any solid evidence but he obviously couldn't arrest him because he has no proof i just love that every scenario lights or l's just sitting there like yeah no matter what you do i know you're kira like i just loved it it was so stupid but it was great it was definitely entertaining watching them to enter college together. <laughs> and that's basically where the battle of wits was going on. And as you said, like the monologue, he always put tests like, if you win this tennis match, you're Kira. <laughs> but if you lose this tennis match, you also don't want to always win to make it look like you're not Kira, even though you are Kira. So if you lose this match, you're Kira. Yep. And it's like, so 
You're damned if Basically, you do, damned if you don't. Yeah, he's he's just so determined. He's like, yeah, you're 100% Kira, so I'm just going to do everything in my power to reveal that you are Kira. Yeah. You, whatever you say won't phase me. I know you're Kira, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was. And great. that's when you, <laughs> that's when you get the famous little scene a little before this happened when you said L knew he was either part of the. Who was the other one? The Yagami household or the chief of directors household? Mm-hmm. Light notices someone's been in his room. And so he gets Ryuk since he's invisible to everyone besides people that touch the death note to go around the room and find all the cameras and like wiretaps in order in exchange for some apples. <laughs> and so that's when you get the scene where he puts a mini TV in the potato chip bag and he's studying with one hand, God. writing down people's names in the left hand so the killings continue even though he's on screen and he goes watch me l i'll study arithmetic or whatever it was with my right hand i'll write down killers with my left hand i'll take a potato chip and i'll eat it it was such a cringy <laughs> line i don't understand that line it was so much enthusiasm in him eating a goddamn potato chip i don't know if it's something with translation or what but i don't know I'm pretty sure they were just emphasizing him, just emphasizing like, yeah, watch me all you want. You won't see anything. I will act like a normal high school and the killings will go. But I just love it because it's probably one of my favorite scenes in Death mm-hmm. Note, to be honest. It, is it was like, a pretty funny one. It was unexpected because they, they even did that like shonen jump style where it got That's all so flashy and everything <laughs> when he ate a potato chip. It was mm-hmm. amazing. Like... They put so much effort in this one line that it's hard not to love this scene. It's a very, like, iconic scene of this show, too. I'll take but my then, potato chip, and I'll eat it. <laughs> but going on from that, eventually in this college, L basically invites Light into the task force. Because L figures one of two scenarios are going to happen. One, he's going to prove that light is kira two if by some chance he is not kira his intellect will be a great asset for this task force Mm -hmm. so when light finally enters this task force and of course light at first was maybe a little hesitant but he's like wait this is a perfect chance to learn l's real name so he agrees and this is also when the whole battle of wits starts again because now you have two people trying to find the one person that is already there and like they both know each other's quote-unquote identity but they had to try to figure out get evidence to prove their real identity and as he goes through this task force all of a sudden another cura appears and this other killings start to happen, but it's a lot more sloppy than the original Kira. And that's when they first realize that Shinigamis exist. Like, the second Kira even is trying to reach out to the first Kira and mentions, like, Shinigami and all this stuff. And it kind of, like, shocks everyone. Like, what the heck is actually going on? And so L devises a plan, and he goes, So, like... I want you to pose as Kira. Obviously, Ellen already has like 100% confirmed that 
like is Kira. So I think this is also another great thing they added in this anime was L is telling Light, hey, why don't you pose as Kira so we can lure out the second Kira? And just like God, this is like inception, but in anime. <laughs> It's like so many levels of going on of psychological warfare that even while watching this, when you know both sides, you don't know who's actually on top. You're like, wait, so if this goes through, does that mean this is going to happen? And like the whole series just kind of makes your head hurt and you're Mm -hmm. just like, what is going on with these two? Like, it's amazing. But at the same time, I'm just like, it keeps you, it really is a suspense because it just keeps you on your seat because you're like, wait. So now he's formulating this plan, and he's like, and Light's like, oh, I already know what you're thinking. I'm going to do this. And then Al's like, I already know you're thinking that, so I'm thinking this ahead. And then Light's actually like, no, I knew you were thinking that because I thought this, so I'm going to think this. And it's literally that case of I thought you thought that I thought that I would do this, but I'm actually going to do this because you thought I thought I was thinking you were going to do this. And it's like, it's like what? what the fuck is happening? That's what makes it so like such a great anime though, because mm-hmm. not with just with its moral ambiguity on good versus evil, just this psychological warfare that goes on. And even though knowing both sides, you're just like, huh? <laughs> yeah, and it's great. Like when you start to think about it and break it down, you're like, wow. Like one, I'm really impressed that the creator actually could like devise all these little lo- interlooping theories and stuff within the the show and the book but like it's also just crazy all the different loops through it like as i'm sitting there like watching the show i'm like wow like i would never have thought of any of this shit but like that's really clever yeah there's no way i would have i wouldn't have thought that <laughs> far ahead i would have been like uh Sure, let's go yeah. with that. And so as we learn about the second Kira, she also mentions something called the Shinigami Eyes. So what happens with the Shinigami Eyes is now she no longer needs to know a name. She just needs to see a face. Because with the eyes, she can see the true name of everyone besides people who have a like a contract with the Shinigami or have the death note. Their lifespan will be hidden. So that's how you also know if someone's dealing with the death note, which comes up a few times. But the downside of using this is you cut your lifespan in half. So if, say, you were going to live to be 100 years old, now you only live to be 50. If you only had five years left, now you have two and a half years left. Your lifespan gets cut in half. And so now the second Kira is trying to find out the first Kira. And doing so, the whole plan of making light pose as Kira to this location that they agreed to meet. Obviously, the second Kira didn't show her face, but because she can use her eyes, she found out Light Yagami was the real Kira because his little time span was hidden. So she's like, ha, he really is. And Misa is... Oh, sorry. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. The second Kira, we find out, is named Misa, who's this big idol going on. And she goes to Light's house directly and basically goes, please be my boyfriend. <laughs> she's fallen in love with the first Kira because he, she thinks she's this righteous, he's this righteous God. And what he's doing is a noble cause and he's fallen in love with him, 
well, Akira, maybe not necessarily Light himself, but Light doesn't miss this opportunity and agrees to be her boyfriend in order to use the Shin Megami eyes because now he can use those to find out L's <laughs> real name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he also, like, he has no emotional connection to Misa. Like, Misa loves Light, but he's just kind of like... I have no use for you besides your eyes, and you're really sloppy, and you're going to get me caught, so when I'm done with you, I'm going to kill you, but I'm going to pretend like I like you until that point. So, yeah, because of her extreme sloppiness, Elle quickly figures out who Misa is, and the fact that Misa is around light all the time now solidifies Elle's theory that light is akira because they have dna evidence that shows misa was the person who was sending like these mysterious kira videos to the news stations and stuff so they have enough evidence on her to show that she is probably the second kira so they imprison her they throw her in a prison cell and do interrogation on her and at this point misa's shinigami named ren rem Goes up to Light and is like, yo, if you don't get her out of prison, I'm going to kill you with my death note. And Light's like, damn it, like this girl is way too much trouble for what she's worth at this moment. So Light basically devises this plan to voluntary, voluntarily imprison himself to clear his name. <clears throat> which is kind of foolish from our perspective because he is Kira. So if he gets in prison and the killings stop, like that'll be more reason to believe he is Kira. So he gets in prison and that's exactly what happens. He is there for like a week and the killing stopped for this whole week. And then he devises some sort of plan with his Shinigami named Ryuk. He devises some sort of plan with his Shinigami Ryuk and he gets rid of his death note. And Misa also gets rid of her death note. So when you relinquish your ownership of the death note it just erases your memory of it so now they're basically just people that are in prison for no reason and ryuk and rem both agreed with light that they will give the death notes to two people of his choosing so eventually the killings start back up again and this basically clears their names like oh they can't be kira because they're in prison and killings happened but with the killing still happening even though they're in prison l still firmly believes that light is kira so he doesn't give up on this fact but he has no reason to keep them imprisoned so they kind of release them but let them continue with the investigation because at this point they're honestly trying to find kira because they do not believe that they are kira bad move on them but (laughs) The only reason they were able to do that was the whole, the releasing the death note and losing all memory because they don't even realize they themselves are Kira. And so, of course, when they were having the task force to find the third Kira, he actually, for a moment, L doubts him or doubts that Light's actually Kira Mm -hmm. and renounces, oh, he's no longer Kira. But... Light still needs to figure out a way to kill L because he knows he's still going to be an obstacle for this. So after Light and Misa 
get the notebooks back, all their memories come back to them once they like they captured the third Kira and they received the notebooks back. They received all their memories and Misa again makes a deal for the Shinigami eyes. So not only had she cut her lifespan once, she did it twice now. And she did that in order to find out Elle's real name. And she starts basically starting the killing back up again. And the only problem is Rem concludes that as soon as they release Misa from custody and the killings started again, she knew Elle would get back onto Misa. And Rem wanting to keep Misa alive, even though she hates Light, she decides to write down Elle's name in her notebook to kill him. But if you recall earlier, Shinigami is supposed to shorten the lifespan of humans, not further it. And by doing this, she inadvertently keeps Misa alive, so Rem ends up dying in order to save Misa by writing Light or L's real name in the notebook. And that's kind of not really the end of Death Note, but that kind of, in my personal opinion, once L finally dies, this is around episode 25. Mm-hmm. This is kind of where, I don't want to say I lose interest, but it's kind of where I definitely think it goes a little downhill. Because after this, once the whole L dies, and Light is actually made L's predecessor in this task force in order to find Kira. Afterwards, they do a little time skip. It's been like five years, I think, the time skip has. And Kira has greatly reduced crime rate. And it looks almost like a utopia. But obviously, it's not really. And then the whole... I don't want to say it's rushed at the end. Because it still kind of goes pretty well. But the psychological warfare isn't as good as I think. It's in like the... The L series and then the the post L and the after L, let's call it. Post L and after L are the same thing. Pre L, post L. No, post means after. Yeah, you said post L and after L. Oh, I sorry. <laughs> pre L and post L. Cause pre L we got all this psychological where it was like you're on your suspense, you're like, wait, who's actually on top? And then afterwards, it was like, yeah, there was still some psychological warfare, don't get me wrong, because L's actual predecessors, uh, Mellow and Nier, otherwise end up going codenamed M and N. They end up having their little spiel with Light himself, and one of the first things they say when they get reinstated into this task force is like, was there anyone L suspected, even if they have already been cleared, what was a list of people? And then obviously Light was voluntarily gave himself up. And he's like, yeah, it was me. I was suspected. And then the whole battle goes on from there. Yeah. Like you said, this is when the show kind of loses the same umph that it had originally. Because L and Light, they just had such a great dynamic. And like you said, the psychological warfare kind of goes out the window a little bit. There's still a little bit in there between um, near and light. But a lot of it, there's inner conflict between near and mellow that 
we see for the next couple episodes. And there's just the battle between them. So for the next 10 episodes of the show, it's basically just them trying to get a hold of the notebook. And eventually they do get a hold of the notebook. I don't know. There's just another Shinigami involved that actually takes his notebook back. But... I just think it wasn't up to par because, like you said, once it gets through this and Light gets M and N, they do have the little spiel where, like, one was kind of ahead of the other, but it was mostly almost, like, cleanup for the end Mm -hmm. where Light was like, all right, now it's slowly time to kill everyone associated with the notebook. Yeah. So there's no traces left. After this little spiel... There will be nobody left that knows of the Death Note, and he can end up ruling for however long he wants. Right. So obviously, it does kind of get climatic. M and N end up creating their own separate task force in order to take down like Light and his task force. Even though his task force didn't know like Light was Kira and everything, and they were going through all this, and ultimately, N is it? Wait, is it? near or mellow that live one of them dies and one of them lives and at the very end he ends up one of the like ceo people or whoever light gave the other notebook to ends up coming to this meeting that light and mrn whatever one was left stage so they can finally confront and reveal who's kira and the whole thing was that the entourage, the other, the new task force, swapped out the notebooks so when this guy wrote down all the names, they wouldn't actually die. And when they confiscated the dude, the only name that wasn't written there was Lights, thus proving he was Kira. And then he ends up running away but getting gravely injured. But for Shimigana Ryuk, in order to get his book back or in order to like leave this world as he mentioned earlier he has to write light's name in his own notebook in order to reclaim the notebook he left in this world and so you see him write light yagami name and you see him kind of like have a heart his heart attack and pass away and that's ultimately how it ends up and it was like it was climatic but at the same time it wasn't had i don't think as much feel as it did with L because during L and Light's fight it was very much psychological warfare of they were always like one step ahead of each other and it was like oh this this they all had like perfect counterbalance mm-hmm. but this one it felt like the guy yeah. was taking it personal to get light because he killed the predecessor L and I don't know. It just didn't have as much impact as the yeah. first portion did for me. So yeah, it was basically cleanup, and L basically did all the heavy lifting for the investigation, and they they kind of just came in and finished it up. But I really enjoyed the second half still, but I definitely enjoyed the first half much more. But like you said, it just didn't have that, that same vibe as it did in the first half of it. So yeah, so I really enjoyed it, but I did really like the ending because you know for sure the story ends with L dying. I, I mean, sorry. 
you know the story ends with Light dying. So the fact that Light lost and then Ryuk got to write his name in the notebook, it was just a very satisfying conclusion for this already dark anime. So that leads into a big fan theory that goes around in the Death Note like online community, which is, did Light become a Shinigami after he died? And this fan theory out there claims that Light became a Shinigami after Ryuk wrote his name in the notebook. And the reason for this is because in Death Note Relight, which is a very condensed version of the original series, an unnamed Shinigami that bears similar resemblance to Light approaches Ryuk and asks him for a good story and tosses him an apple, which is something Light did very often. It was kind of their thing is he gives Ryuk a bunch of apples and shit. So... After this, Ryuk looks at his notebook and speaks to Light as if he was standing there with him. And he's either talking to this unnamed Shinigami or he was just reminiscing in the past. But after Ryuk tells him the story, which is the story of Light and how he got the Death Note, he he talks about this. And the Shinigami, the unnamed Shinigami, leaves before the story ends. And this is possibly because he already knows how the story ends. So he didn't want to hear about himself dying if he really is light. So after walking away, Ryuk says, go ahead, why not? Maybe you'll meet an incredible guy and see something you'll never forget for the rest of your life. Wouldn't you agree, light? And because of the similarities, the coincidences, and addressing light by name, this sparked a very popular theory that light manifested into a Shinigami after he died. So I was wondering if you believe that in this theory or not i mean a lot of it once you mentioned this i kind of like looked at a few other things because i've also read one it was the death note side or one shot special which is they consider canon because one it's just a one shot it's literally just a volume and it doesn't alter anything that happens because this the one shot happens after the main story has ended it sounds like a base theory and if i didn't know any better i would totally go with the theory because this happens a lot especially if you see light turning into shinigami like there could always be that possibility but there's just without it being canon there's always going to be fanfic so it's kind of hard to tell what is true or not you can make so many theories off of it but from just watching the anime it's kind of hard to say yes or no just because there's there's no proof but there's no it doesn't really give you evidence that it's not happening Mm -hmm. so it's like it's a toss it's very interpretational but like you said if this is canon then yes but if it's not then no it's like this is a toss-up at this point Based on things I've seen, it could go either way. Like, it's a very sound theory, but there are ways to easily kind of disprove it as well. Yeah, that's fair. I really liked this theory at first, and, like, I loved it, and I believed it to be true. And so I started looking into it like you, and after I started digging into it, I started to not agree anymore, mainly because of my two biggest pieces of evidence. Like you said, Death Note Relight isn't considered canon despite it getting approved to be made similar like to how all the other death note adaptations and live actions aren't technically canon they're still death note but they're not 
on par with the manga original series. And then my biggest counter to this is that the author of Death Note actually stated that the main premise for the series is that once a person has died, they could never come back. And that he wanted to set that rule that bringing a character back to life is cheating. And he also said that humans will all eventually die and never come back. So let's give it our all while we're alive. So I think that bringing him back as a Shinigami would have kind of been a cop-out and defeated the premise of the entire story as a human. So I think it's it would have basically erased everything that Light did if he was able to come back as an unkillable god of death. So I like the theory, but I don't think that it's true. I think it would have been kind of perfect for him, though. Like, I agree with you. I don't think it's true, but also... Like, he earned it. <laughs> because of the whole, he can't go to heaven, he can't go to hell, so there's always, like, that purgatory. Mm-hmm. And if you recall earlier that the reason he did the Death Note was because he was bored, and Ryuk did this because he was bored as well, mm-hmm. so I think it would be a fitting punishment to oh, make absolutely. him a Shinigami, because then he would have all this power, but he can't act- actively use it to influence stuff, so he would end up being bored again, so everything he did would have almost been for nothing. Mm-hmm. So I think it would have been a fitting punishment for the whole purgatory thing, and this may add new light to like this theory. But at the same time, like you said, it's not considered canon, and I do kind of agree with the author. I like that his stance is, once they die, they're dead. Mm-hmm. That's my, my little two cents afterwards. Yeah, I but, agree. It definitely would have been a fitting punishment for him. But with that being said, I guess... We should wrap it up. Do you have some facts for us? I do then, have some facts for us. So, And then I'll give our little question. Sounds good. So one fact is that... So when I watched Death Note in episode 25, like you said, that's when L dies. And there's a scene in episode 25 where L and Light are on the rain given like a heart to heart they're out in the rain on the roof talking about how easy it is for people like them to lie and they're just kind of having this big battle like mentally and at this point eld knows he's going to die so him and light actually go back inside and they're sitting on a staircase drying off l grabs a towel and begins to wash light's feet and coming from a religious background i was able to see the intentional parallel here comparing l to jesus because jesus washed the feet of his disciples at the last supper knowing that this would be the last time they were with each other so i thought that was a cool little fact that um l was being compared to jesus and they kind of had these parallels of knowing they were going to die so that was a fun little fact that i noticed another one is death note was actually banned in some parts of china And there was an attempt to ban the Death Note manga from the Albuquerque School District in New Mexico in 2010, but it was inevitably downvoted, like it didn't pass, which I thought was kind of interesting. And the pilot chapter of the manga included a death eraser, which undoes deaths that were written in the Death Note. This wasn't included in the final production of the manga show, which means that once a name is written it cannot be undone and this goes with the whole premise that the author wanted that said a life cannot be a death cannot be undone you only have one life so i thought that was 
cool little facts. Which also goes back to shooting down that theory. Once Light's dead, he's dead. Right. And so my question to leave all of you, and if you want to give a little response as well, is would you actually use the Death Note? That's a really good question. I think just from like a perspective, like everyone probably would say no, but like if it actually got in their hands, they might have a different answer. So I would like to hear everyone's candid responses to that one. And as always, if you have any questions or recommendations for us, send us an email at weebspawn at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at weebspawn. Thank you guys so much for watching, and I'm Bobby. And I'm Joshua. And we will see you next time when we weeb spawn.